0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to 50 Now What? I'm your host, Alicia Sutton, and today's episode is one I'm so excited about. In this season, we have been talking so much about how to maximize your life in this next phase of life, but what can we learn from the younger generation? In this episode, I speak with Ajua. We discuss how we as women show it for each other through different generations and ask important questions like, how can women support each other in different stages of life? We explore the timeline and expectation around motherhood and ask, what can we learn from each other? I'm so thankful for this conversation with Ajua. Now let's get into the episode.
1: All right. Hello, Ajua. Hello. Hello, (laughs) Lisha.
0: it's so good to see you again. And I'm so delighted to have you on this show. And I just have to say, you know, because I'm always big on spilling out my heart and my spirit. And, you know, it became very important to me to, you know, as we're all trying to filter out the current noise and the climate that we have right now, that we take a step back and that we're making sure that we're keeping safe spaces for the generations that are coming behind us or they're coming behind me and becoming behind, coming behind you as well. And especially with our women, because it just seems so important to me that we are making sure that we give them the room to continue to be the light that Dr. Soul is intended to be. That's just how I I come at things. So even when I was developing this podcast, yes, it's, you know, 50, now what? Uh, Because I'm a woman in my 50s. I always had women like you. I had you in mind. I had younger generations in mind and making sure that they were always front of mind so even as we move forward in this it may have some things to do with age but it's still in a way that it can be projected for you and so that's why it was so important for me to have you here as we move forward and as we talk about intergenerational alliances how do we as women how can we show up for each other through different generations even though we're different What are your expectations from someone who is older? What do you look to them to kind of be for you?
1: Wisdom, guidance, a roadmap to doing the things that I want to do. I think our frustration sometimes comes in where people are giving us a lot of advice, but they haven't done the things that we want to do. And so that can feel very, not only confusing, but Mm -hmm. it could almost feel like control. Ah, I guess in a way it's, Dominance. Dominate. 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 Mm-hmm. I'm older than you. Therefore, mm-hmm. you should be listening to me because of X, Y, Z. Whereas it's mm-hmm. something we don't want. Like We want the guidance. We want the wisdom. We want the roadmap from the generation before us. We just want to make sure that we're being led in the right direction. And so it's important for us mm-hmm. to network up and to, to network with people that have done the things that we want to do. So, for instance, oh. I remember I had, you know, I had an auntie who she uh, was giving me a lot of relationship advice mm. and she wasn't anywhere in the place that I wanted to get to. And so mm-hmm. it can be kind of like, well, OK, you can maybe tell me what not to do, but maybe you can't tell me what to do. Gotcha. If that makes gotcha. sense. And so, yeah, it makes a yeah. lot of sense.
0: And, and, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because, oh, my God, I had the a similar situation it was the I don't even want to call it advice I think it was just it was this awful thing that this lady said to me actually she said it to my mom while I was standing in the room and oh, I'll just give you a little bit my mom was basically oh my daughter just you know she I was in my third I was in my early 30s and she was like oh my daughter just bought this bought her first condo she bought a condo not far from you and this lady goes oh nice and then she turns to my mom and goes you know she ain't gonna never get no man like that and I just remember feeling like a kicked
1: wow, puppy.
0: like I had made this huge accomplishment, and somehow I was reduced yeah. to whether or not what this was going to be a reflection as to whether or not I had a relationship or not and right. i and I think it was that moment that I was like, "I will never hmm. do something like that to a young woman is base her value on what it is I think is important for me, and so I completely get that and <laughs> with all that said what are the types of advice for example that you've gotten from from an older woman that did resonate with you what was it that was it anything that clicked was it anything that you said yeah i can i can work with that
1: i think the 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 best advice i ever got was to do the things that i want to do now because you don't always have time mm. that's happened to me a few times i remember one time being in a bathroom at like a casino or something me and my girlfriend we were laughing we had a couple of mimosas we were just enjoying life and this older woman looked at us and she goes enjoy it now because it goes mm. by very fast he's right and we looked at each other we were like wait did that just make us sober yeah or should we get more mimosas? Well, which one <laughs> you know you know, I absolutely love that. Yeah. So, you know, I had a, I had another um, friend of mine who was 51 and she said, Michelle, if you want to have children, she goes, be very intentional about mm. doing about doing that. She goes, because I waited too long and I thought I had all this time and then I got to an age where I couldn't do it. And so, yeah. You know, the, the the best advice that I'm getting from women is go after what you want and do it now. Do it when you have the energy, when you have the drive, and when you don't have things that could potentially hold you back. Oh, I love that. Yeah, and so, yeah, I, I move with a, a little bit more sense of urgency because I remember the, the day that I turned 30, mm-hmm. and now I'm 36, and it was like yesterday. It was like yesterday. It goes by quickly.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It goes by quickly. Um, And where does that put you in terms of with that support and different stages in your life, were there stages in your life where you kind of felt like this is the support I needed? Like there's different types of support that you need now at 36 that you didn't need when you were 30 or when you were 26, where you are now, is it just a matter of trying to get it done, trying to get it done? Or are there other types of support that you need? Or do you just need somebody to kind of be in the background and say, Hey, I'm here if you need me. Or, you know what I mean? Cause I, knew, I remember when I was turning 36, I was kind of almost like, I didn't want anybody to say a whole lot to me. And so now I'm always a little bit more, I'm always like, uh, I'm careful with how I present advice and how I show up for someone depending on where they are in their
1: age. No, I mean, I I am naturally stubborn. So I had to get over that hump of feeling like I could figure it out without the guidance of older women. And now I'm realizing that what I need is more consistency in that guidance, not just these one-offs that happen in a bathroom or happen, you know, in random conversation. It needs to be something that is more sustainable. So like, literally building wow. relationships with older women who were friends, but they're also mentors. Like I have a friend who's 72, but she's not just yes. my friend. She's obviously my mentor because she's 72 and she's accomplished so, 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 so much. And so oh now God. it's it's, you know, recognizing that you don't know it all, you can't know it all. You need support, you need guidance, you need advice. And so now for me, I just needed to be more quite consistent and finding those, those spaces to even meet these women. Like last night I went to a networking event and I didn't necessarily meet any mentors, but I met a lot of women who were looking for the same things, looking for representation, looking for community, looking for just that support group that it's difficult to find. I love that,
0: and I I think that women like me who are thinking, well, you know, maybe these young women kind of want their space, and you know, they don't want they don't want you in a in their face like that, and they maybe need to find a different approach uh, to making sure that uh, we're showing up in a way that's consistent and and helpful in a way that, like you say, in a mentorship type of a role.
1: <laughs> well, I think it's also the, finding the women who who want that. I think maybe it's it can feel um dominating when you're not even looking for it right like giving unsolicited Duh. advice where it's not even being asked and and, and especially to not just for the women who want the advice but finding out about that about that young woman and what it is that she's even trying to accomplish mm. as opposed to just thinking that you know thinking you know where she wants to go which like that woman telling you that, that you're never going to find a man wow. what are you a lesbian all right. She didn't ask that. <laughs> no. I mean, you know, even something as simple as I'm, like, you don't even know what my sexual orientation is to just assume that, like, I'm trying to find a man, you know, or, you yeah, know, no. what if I want to be single? Or, you know, just, you know, right. what if my, my life goal isn't to find a man, you know? And right. so even just making sure that we, you know, I even do it with friends of mine that are in their 20s, making sure that we are not projecting what yes. we want onto someone else without finding out a lot about them first.
0: That is, I think that's kind of the key. And I, especially when we're talking about the differences between, um, you know, generations and those differences and, you know, coming from Gen X, you know, we were always kind of thought, you just, you just work and people tell you what to do and you keep doing it. And then you kind of just, um, I mean, I was very fortunate. I had a, my mother's parenting style was a little bit more, a lot more liberal, a lot more, very different. I was very fortunate in that, but at the same time, you know, you still kind of have this work to your drop type thing and you don't have to have anything. It's all nine to five. And what I learned as more millennials came into my workspace uh, was this workplace balance. And it is kind of this, you know, this may be my job, but this is not my life type thing. And another question I want to ask you is how is the workforce now? What is the tempo there? Is it more of a, you know, I, I know we had a whole gig economy going for a long time. Are things going back to nine to five, which I hope they're not, but is it more flexibility in terms of how you show up in what is considered work with
1: Air quotes? Right. I don't think it's going backwards. I mean, I think that our generation is recognizing that th- there are possibilities. I met a bunch of women last night who have multiple side gigs. And Mm -hmm. that is more important for them to maintain their autonomy and do what they want to do and make money in a way that actually fulfills them and they're happy to do it as opposed to going into a nine to five and being ruled and owned by somebody. I mean, in the last few months, we've seen tens of thousands of layoffs. Yes. I'm reading posts on LinkedIn of like a man who just bought a house and had a baby and got Mm -hmm. laid off. Yeah. You know, so we're realizing that these companies. Don't care about you whatsoever. Mm. It can be no. gone tomorrow. You know, you can go from making $150,000 to making mm-hmm. zero overnight. Mm-hmm. That's true. Then the tricky part is finding a way to make money in a way that makes you happy. And even just learning how to do that because the way their education system is set up, they're not birthing entrepreneurs. We are still being taught in our traditional education system to follow the rules. You do this, you go to school, you, you know, you go to college, you get a nine to five. And so, it's diff- really hard for those of us out here trying to be entrepreneurs because the generation before us, there aren't as many entrepreneurs, right? right. They they, they followed this this blueprint, and so we're kind of figuring it out ourselves. That's and yeah, we're figuring it out ourselves. It's um, even going to business school. I found out I didn't go to business school, but I have friends that were like Michelle. Even business school still didn't prepare me for entrepreneurship. They it teach doesn't. you business on how to make whatever company you work for more profitable. Mm. And so that's an area where I'm seeing people doing amazing things, but it's hard when that's still not how society is being raised. We're not raising entrepreneurs, we're still raising people to be in this mold, um, but we want to break free and we are breaking free. and so that's definitely a struggle right. Having the mentorship in that area
0: is scarce, in other words, because it's very, mm-hmm. it's very difficult and and I mean, I have to get some truth to that i i I was a nine to five Nine mm-hmm. to five lady for a long time until very recently. Um, mm-hmm. There are a lot more of us who are finding our way out of that mold, but it's new to us. uh, And it's very difficult to now say, hey, this is what you should do. It's like, yeah, you know what? I just started doing that too. You know, I just, you know, left a job that I've been working on for 22 years and now I'm doing a podcast. So, you know what I mean? I'm learning that too. You know, my, my mentor is someone who's substantially younger than me. So I get it. I think we're all kind of in this mold together, which is why this conversation is so rich and so necessary because we may all need to be kind of holding hands going, okay let's let's do it i'll figure out what i can figure out i'll let you know you figure out what you can figure out we'll meet in the middle break you know (laughs) that kind Mm of uh, more of of a team kind of alliance um that i'm thinking too and i can see that coming into fruition that's why we need these conversations Mm -hmm. and the same thing goes for um outside of work goes in terms of dating Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) i mean how is that now what what is that like because i I've kind of just stepped back.
1: It's difficult because there's so many options. Like you could mm-hmm. just get on an app and you could be dating three girls at once in different cities. Yeah, and it yeah. it's really really difficult. And I don't even know what I can say about that because I do not really date. I was in a relationship for four years, and yeah. it sort of recently ended. Uh, we're yeah. still really good friends, but you know, only being out out in the out in these streets, as the kids say. For uh, only, yeah. <laughs> for only a few months. Yeah, only a few months. I'm like, oh right. what it well, is it is messy out here.
0: It is a mess. And let me tell you what, I come from that too. I was sort of the serial monogamist. And, you know, yeah. uh coming up, you know, I was in relation when I was in a relationship, I was the girl who, you know, if I you know, I'm seeing someone, I have a boyfriend or whatever, I'm gonna probably be with them for a couple of years and then mm-hmm. you know, then I may be single for a couple of years and then I'm back in a relationship. So um I I think too, and and this may be true for you for you as well, the generations behind, is that there seems to be, especially with single women, is that, you know, somehow you are this sex in the city, it's you know, this is what you're doing all day, every day, and that you're just out and about and out in these streets. But you know, people who want to be in relationships or who want to be dating aren't necessarily hitting those types of stereotypes, and I'm that's why I'm glad we're having this conversation because it looks very different for different people at different times. Yeah, but are there certain things that have changed in terms of what you're looking for? The the, the goal for us was always find a husband or you know find your your mate or uh, you know your your significant <laughs> other, and that's it. Have your kids, and that's it, and sit it out. Is that still?
1: The vibe or is it just kind of like it's it's well it's the vibe for the people i hang out with i am typically around women in our mid-30s we want a husband we want a family most of my friends want that to be to be honest and what's weird sometimes is that sometimes i i don't know if it's because of like the public conversation about feminism and equality or equity but Sometimes it can almost feel weird to still want that because so really? many people are yeah some, so many people are veering away from the traditional like how to live your life traditionally that when you yeah. say you want to still live traditionally it's almost like well why would you want to do that when you can be free that traditional way of life to me doesn't mean not freedom i want partnership right and i'm also african so i think there's there's a cultural difference for me whereas I'm still very okay with my husband leading. As long as he allows me to live my life and he honors me, respects me, helps me achieve all my goals. Right. I'm, to some degree, I am still a bit of a traditionalist. But at the same time, because of my timeline, because I want kids. You want babies? Yeah. Very, you want to have some I'm babies? Very, yeah. I'm very open to being flexible in what that looks like and being okay with the outcome. No matter what, like if I don't find a, if I don't find you know someone to marry me, it's okay if I end up having a child out of wedlock. I think that's that maybe that's changed where uh, there isn't as much stigma if you have a child out of wedlock.
0: That's actually very true.
1: Yeah, it's like sis, do you know just just go ahead and do it. I have a girlfriend who's forty or forty one now, and she was like, I I was where you were at your age. I went out, I found a man, I had a child. Mm. Whereas we're still getting a lot of advice from the older generation saying, you know. You should find a husband first. I had an auntie literally get mad at me because I wasn't married yet. You know, like wow. have a husband first, like, you know, do, do it in this sequence. But a lot, I think our people are realizing even if you do it in that sequence, it doesn't mean happiness that the man could still, you know, it does not. cheat on you or abuse you. And you could still end up alone. You could still end up a single not. mother regardless. And so that narrative is shifting where it's like, do whatever you want to do. If you want to go, you know, to a sperm bank and have your child go ahead and do that. If you want like, so at least there is a bit more freedom and courage creating your own, like whatever that means to you. Okay. But there have been a couple of times where I feel like it almost feels weird to still want something really traditional because so many people are veering away from anything and everything traditional.
0: Wow. I, I think that's the first time I've, I've heard that. Um, I know that there's been a lot of talk about and statistics about how, you know, so many women in the future they are anticipating will be single and without children so oh, wow uh, some by choice i'm not yeah there is there's actually a very um basically sounding to be pretty valid in terms of the number mm-hmm. of women uh in the very like 2030 over half will be uh single and without children the realities are there i mean i had a point in my life where i basically had to let my mom know i got into my late 30s and you mm-hmm. know and i I somehow I wanted to have almost some reconciliation. Like, you know, this may not happen for me. I may not have a child. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and I was like, you know, and I wasn't, I didn't know what to expect the answer would be. I thought the Mm -hmm. answer would be, you better go out and get pregnant right now. And out of nowhere, it was like, then don't have them. If you can't, if you can't get one, then it's okay. And Mm -hmm. having that resolve, like, okay, so, so it's OK. And, and yeah. it, it was foreign to me to go, oh, it might be just be OK and kind of gave me a sense of resolve. And I'm hopeful that regardless of the outcome, I, I think if it's something that you want and it's your intention, then do it. Because it's a lot of people who are mothers who probably shouldn't be. <laughs> and, and then I find people who really want to be a good mom end up being just really good moms you know what I mean it's almost as if it's in your spirit in your soul to do it but whatever the outcome it's going to be okay because I found that I've become a better a better auntie I guess I like I I like to think so maybe I'm just yeah maybe I'm maybe I'm saying too much maybe I'm putting myself out there (laughs) I don't know I don't
1: know it's it's true and I don't think it's I don't think it's always by choice Mm. I don't I I think Again, I think some of the advice I got from the older women to about the sense of urgency. I think a lot of us, again, like six years went by for me very fast. That's so like think, yes, yeah. So I think that there's a lot of factors. There are like right now we're in a, we're in like basically an epidemic of women around my age having infertility issues. From the environment, from the things that we're putting on our skin. I mean, we have been, there's a book that I was reading for a long time. I had to put wow. it down because it's making me paranoid about all the toxins in the environment that are impacting right. our fertility. And it's real. You know, there's higher rates of PCOS, endometriosis, yes, all I these things are that. yeah impacting our fertility that didn't happen before. My mother had four kids, easy. Yeah. And she thinks it's weird that I've never even been pregnant at 36. You know, and I uh, found out me and my sister both have endometriosis. Wow. And then, of course, you know, our careers get in the way before we realize it. It's, you know, it's like, OK, well, we're not financially ready to have a baby at 25. And so then you wait till 30 or 35 when you are yeah. financially ready. And now it's too, and now it's difficult because we have all these infertility issues. I don't I, I, I don't think it is. I think it's a lot by choice. Yeah, I think a lot. I think it's maybe it could be 50, 50. Who knows? But I think. For a lot of people, like I know women who, you know, took three, four years to get pregnant. Wow. You know, so, and you know, for a lot of women, it just, it's, it's not possible. So I think that it's um, partially by choice and partially by unfortunate circumstances, you don't realize what's going to happen and you try to have a baby Mm -hmm. at 35 and you can't. But it's because society has made it in such a way that you can't afford to have a baby at 25. You can't. You can't afford to take care of yourself at 25 because- because school loans are how many hundreds of dollars a month and where am I going to yeah. live? And rent is $2,000 minimum if you live in a city. And it's, and then, you know, and it's finding men who also, you know, don't want to have babies until they're financially ready. And so everything is getting pushed back. Yes. Not necessarily on our own accord, but because the way that the world is shaped right now, it's like we can barely even afford to take care of ourselves. We can't even think about having children.
0: Well, that's the thing though. I, and I, The fact that that you're even that your generation is even thinking about, look, if I can't afford to have a baby, I just won't have one until I'm in a place to do that. And Mm -hmm. generations prior, including mine, you just you just ended up pregnant. And I mean, I can't tell you how many baby showers I went to from the time I was 19 to 26. It was like it was just Mm -hmm. baby shower mania. And then they started to taper off and, you know, they're all having, you know, have grown children now. But no one was thinking that. And they struggled. You know, people were struggling. Yeah, and and their whole thing had always been, you don't want to be here struggling. And when I hear you trying to do it the right way, because that actually is kind of the way you want to do it. Right now, you don't want to be struggling. No, I realize. I think there's a lot of speculation about, and I, I, and I've been very, I've taken a lot of time to make sure that I don't do a lot of the generational bashing. You know what I mean? Yes, mm. there are differences between us and a lot of them are they're very funny. You know, like, I, they can always be fodder for a joke and stuff like that. Right. But I think that it's important that um that we are creating a space to have these types of conversations and dynamics because it, it up levels the understanding about what is happening in and around our world. But mm-hmm. with all that said, do you do you feel like it's become more of a sacrifice? Is it I mean do you feel like, okay, you are still doing the right things, but you know I, I don't want to say live in a time of regret because I don't think you should because I think women always have a big timeline. Everything is based on your ovaries. Based, let's just face it. Mm-hmm. Our timeline is based on yeah. ovulation. How many times yep. is the egg going to drop? Yep. And, and that puts everything in hyperspeed. And, and, yep. and like you said, 30 to 36, it did go by fast. I, I, I don't even remember 30 to 36. I remember what mm-hmm. that lady said to me, unfortunately. I remember right. that moment. And I was 31 years old and then the rest got a blur in yeah. between, I, literally. Um, but do you feel like you're sacrificing too much? I mean, to be,
1: to put it bluntly, do you feel mm. like you're sacrificing too much? There's always going to be a sacrifice. My my little brother actually had a tough time with me. He said to me, he thinks that the world often lies to women and saying that we could have it all, mm. And I fought him on that but I think that there's a lot of truth to it. I don't think a lot of women, unfortunately, get to actually have it all. I agree. He was like, Michelle, you're trying to do all of these things,
0: Mm. yet you
1: say you want a family and a child. He was like, you can't Mm. be doing both at the same time. You're either gonna be putting a lot of your effort into this or you need to be putting your effort into finding a a man and cultivating a relationship and spending time, like, how are you gonna do X, Y, and Z and also raise a family? And I was just like, <laughs> you, know, you know, I'm like, eh. you know, he's, you know, and he wasn't even you know, coming from a man. He's, um, he's like Michelle. He's like, you're my sister, and I'm always saying this too because I care about you and I know how important it is for you to have a family. But the things that you're focusing on right now are not going to get you that in the timeline that you have left, probably. Wow. Then it's like, okay, then you think to yourself, then I should have started a decade ago in one of the two areas. But a decade ago, 25, I was, I was a mess, right. You're you're a mess. You don't like You're a mess at twenty-five.
0: Everybody is a mess at twenty-five. And if they are not, you should be.
1: (laughs) Like not that you can't be a mother, but I just have a like there are very few 25 year olds that I've met that are actually prepared to have a baby. Right. Even even the ones that do have them, who did have them at that age, I'm like, I don't think you should have.
0: Because you ain't ready. You're
1: still not ready. Right.
0: Really, really. Um,
1: I see it all the time. I see it all the time. And so, but then at 25, it's like, well, what I want to do at 25 is not what I want to do today. Right. I wasn't even at about. It. I was Michelle at 25. Now I'm an like, like even my name has changed, you know? And so, you <laughs> know, true. I'm like, if I would have had a baby, anyone that I would have had a baby with at 25, I would not be with today right
0: well for for the record, I think he would have been an, an awesome mom at twenty five. I think sometimes it's it's all a, a learning experience and a learning curve yeah. I mean my our parents had us very young. My mom had me you know yeah. in her early twenties, and my brother yeah. you know in her in her early twenties and yeah. and yeah, it was probably a mess, but a child that's being loved i don't I don't remember the mess, right, but at the same time, I think it's smart. To put yourself in a position, what's happening with young women today, what I'm getting is that they're, they're going about this in a very smart way. They're going about what it means to be a woman, what your purpose is and, and what your dreams are. They're, they're putting that out there so that they're going to be able to better nurture a child. And even if it's just the one, what that child's going to be in where you are now will probably benefit, well, not just probably, will benefit a lot more, correct, from you coming into who you are, from going yep. from Michelle to Ajua, They're yep. going to benefit so much more from that and what you're going to have yep. to give from that. So, you know, I don't know where, where, where to lead with that, but I, I do want to say that it is a learning between the two. What you're learning from someone who my age, who's not, you know, a few years older. Uh, I just turned 52 in March. So no thank you. Um, <laughs> but, but I still feel like I'm learning. I'm still feel like I'm growing and I can tell you that I am learning from, I'm taking the time to want to have these conversations and learn, uh, on the in-between, but what role has, um, and I can, I can already, I know you're a very spiritual person. I can, it, it kind of just rolls off of you just from hearing you talk, but Uh, where is spirituality for women today and how is that feeding into your life decisions in any step, in any place where you are right now?
1: Uh, well, for me personally, it's, it's very present in my life, especially just having gone to Ghana and I was there for about eight, maybe 19 days or 20 days or so. And I met some very spiritual women and they, kind of changed my life in a way. I have been searching. I've always been very spiritual. I was searching for it. I think the cool thing now is that there's like different types of churches popping up. I don't go to church, but there's like churches Mm. that are directed for young people. Yeah. And I think that uh, to be honest, over the past few years, there's been so much, public acknowledgement of abuse that happens in churches that I think a Mm -hmm. lot of young people are Mm -hmm. searching for ways to have a relationship with God that doesn't require you to be inside of a church and necessarily have to go through another person to get to God. That to me is crazy. That to Mm -hmm. me makes no damn sense whatsoever. You are I you agree. are just you are just another regular man mm-hmm. and you're trying to convince me that I need to go through you, another regular person, to have a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of us are realizing that um that's something that I'm mm-hmm. very that I love, that I'm I meet spiritual people every day who would never and will never step inside of a church. And yet mm-hmm. they are so much more spiritual, like spiritually aligned and live their life in alignment with their spiritual values. Than some people who go to church, because the people who go to church think that just going to church is the way yep. that all of a sudden means that now you're a Christian. Uh, yes. You know, and so that is a shift that I love to see. My parents are still very religious, but it's a shift that makes me feel finally like I can have a relationship with God. I remember, wow. you know, growing up and you know, my, my all my aunties and uncles, not my uncles, but my aunties are my parents are still very religious. And there was this guilt that you felt that if you didn't go to church you were a bad mm-hmm. Christian, as if God only spoke to you in those four walls. In the church. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's something that I think is is wonderful. And there's just, you know, and, and we're exploring now. Now, you know, there's, you know, young people who are Buddhists, you know, and all mm-hmm. different types of ways to be spiritual that, you know, years ago wasn't a trend. It wasn't. And, and it
0: was considered weird. You were you were you were pretty much admonished.
1: Okay, yeah. I <laughs> mean, yeah, you know, my, you, you would know. be
0: a demon. Yeah, they would call yeah. me a demon. Yeah.
1: you'd be a demon, or you know, it's you know, mm-hmm. I, I know some churches do do things like um, disfellowshipping people, like they'll kick you out if you're not, you know, living up to their standards, and t- and like, it's like what? I mean, that's is that it feels like the opposite of Christianity and loving everybody, and you it know, is. you know, also with just the acknowledgement of different sexual orientations and how you present in the world. Yes. You know, 20 years ago, it would be very hard for a transgender person or, you know, a gay woman or a gay man to walk into a church yeah. and say, I want to worship here. You, you, couldn't, you, you couldn't enter. Didn't. Yeah. And So we're creating our own spaces where everyone is included and it's love and it's acceptance. And I just wanna see more of that because the old way of doing things, not only was it restrictive, but people were being put in harm's way, literally. Literally, you know?
0: that that's actually very true. I, I was brought up in a very, like I said, at home, it was very different. I, I, I grew up, mm-hmm. once I started not wanting to go to church so much, I didn't mm-hmm. get abolished for that and was allowed to seek out a little bit more of my own spirituality. Mm-hmm. But like you said, when you, from one place to the other, It's very different for me now. And I know that my sense of spirituality and my connection to God is very different from what it was I would have been if I had stayed in a very traditional 4 wall church yeah. environment. And one of the things that I'm seeing, and it, that is consistent with what you're saying with the generations behind, it's like they're, everybody's already popping into what spirituality is in, in their whole being. And even the Gen Z are like the ones coming behind you. And I don't, I don't know how you feel about that. And I want to talk to that too, about where you're seeing the generation and the women coming behind you who are much younger than you in their twenties or, you know, 16, mm-hmm. 15 years younger than you are. Are they seemingly to kind of come in almost popping in like, this is the person I am, and uh, this is who I want to be, and this is what I feel God to be. Almost like very different types of beings. Um, are you seeing that, and is that filtering into, is it kind of going in cohesively with where your generation is going in terms of spirituality and what that means?
1: You know, it takes, with each generation, they're becoming much more and more self-expressive. So uh, we, we envy them sometimes we're like why can't we just do the thing why can't we just like be you know quite like them Right and right we're just like- maybe we're just getting old, sis. <laughs> like, I don't know.
0: <laughs> I absolutely love that because it resonates so much with, you know, like like I said, every generation that moves forward kind of looks back and go, God, you guys are really free. You know what I mean? And really like, free. The generation, the, the, the generation before that, I'm sure my mom's generation, look at these flower children. What are you doing? And then we came along and, you know, I was like, you guys listen to this rap. That was the big sin that we did. You know, all of a sudden, you're you, listen, you know, they're putting ratings really? on your, on your on your music. And then they hear you, you know, with the generations coming behind you and like, wow, they're really out there. But like I said, we're all supposed to be We're all supposed to be different. We're all supposed to come into the world with a little bit something different to offer to the world and move into our own light and and things such as that. Is there any other, like last words, what in terms of just your um, overall feeling about where things are going in the world with your generation, my generation and the generation behind you, what are your feelings and your senses about in terms of an optimistic perspective or are things kind of, are we skidding off a little bit? I mean, I know there's a lot of noise right now. Don't get me wrong. I know there's a lot of noise a lot of crazy stuff happening right now. Yeah. But when all is said and done, what is Ajiwa?
1: Yeah, I'm really optimistic because people aren't giving up. Like, I don't think people are going to... You can see that the old system is still trying to hold on tight. They're still yes. trying to make laws and do things in a way to, to keep us oppressed and to make things harder for us to be mm-hmm. free. Mm-hmm. But people aren't letting up and we're sharing information we're spreading information. We're getting together. Like I just started a, started a retreat company, you know, maybe, you know, I was sidelined this way, but that's not going to stop me from still creating the community that I want to create. And so I see a resilience in my generation, especially the generation below me, that we are going wow. to continue to progress no matter what is happening around us. Because I think a lot of people want to leave some sort of legacy. And the only way to do that is to be brave. And people want to make their mark in the world and they want to be somebody and they you know, they want to be, you know, and so I just, I don't see it letting up. Wow. I, I don't, I think it's only going to progress. Like, you know, again, particularly because I'm African, there's like this whole trend right now that's in the, in the phrase is Africa to the world. And it is young people in Africa waking up and even people in the diaspora just, mm-hmm. Shouting from the rooftops! This is what we have to offer. This is what this is what you'll find when you come to Africa. These are all the beautiful things, the inventions, the brilliance, the, the all the, the the young geniuses that are coming out of the continent. Yeah, even Africa is rising up despite hundreds and hundreds of years of colonial violence and control and and yeah. and, and oppression. No matter, even though those things are happening, the young people of Africa are still rising up. They know they can be killed. You're they know that they through. can be jailed. Yeah. No matter what they're saying, not today and not me. And if I have to go down for this, at least that's mm-hmm. my legacy and it'll inspire somebody else. I mean, Africans now are are still being inspired by um, African leaders decades ago. Yeah. You know, to recognize that if they didn't do this, we couldn't be where we are. And so there have to be, pe- you know, people that are taking the torch and passing it on. So I don't see any of that letting up anytime soon. I love that. Yeah, and, and and again, our best chances are to get the guidance from the generation before us. We cannot okay. do it alone. We're not doing it alone. Right. Again, you know, uh, some of the people that we are, that are mentoring us aren't even alive, <laughs> you know, but they're still mentoring yes. us, you know, and mm-hmm. so it's just really important not just for your generation to be mentoring us, but for my generation to, re- to recognize that we need the generation before us. We need to know yes. what were their roadblocks because history repeats itself. It does. So it's important that we recognize some of those systems of oppression to see how it could be playing out today, that we can figure out a way to move around them. And okay, um, yeah, you, you know what I mean? It's It's okay. important that you still understand history because... If you don't know where you came from, how do you know where you're going all the time? Right. And and that's an intentional trap.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's an intentional yeah. trap for the for your generation for for all the generations coming behind us is to have that block to that history and that knowledge and that understanding. Correct. Um, and exactly, I can tell you, uh, I've I've been making sure that I create an intentional space. For that to not fade. It was pressing on me before, um, like Mm -hmm. I said, uh, when we first started, but it's become why that pressed on me has come to fruition uh, and how this conversation between you and I is so important and how I'll continue to have these conversations and to make sure that we're keeping this as a voice and a platform uh, for you and, and the generations coming behind it. Mm -hmm. as this podcast goes forward. And that's why you're here. Mm -hmm. I don't think anything is by chance. Um, I don't think you coming into this space at this time with me right now is by chance and that the words that you speak are important and need to be heard. And it has been a pleasure having all that with you. And I don't want to cut you off if there's anything else that you want to add and what you got going on. What do you have going on that you want to put out there and How we can help people who need to find you for mentorship maybe want to reach out to you if that's something you want to do. Yeah.
1: So you could just follow me on my personal Instagram. It's Michelle Sahin. It's my personal Instagram. And right now, um, I am creating, like I said, I'm creating that community. It's essentially a network accelerator for uh, people who want to live, yeah, who people want to live rooted in community wellness and a sustainable luxury lifestyle. And it's about creating spaces for people who want to leave a legacy, but we need that support and we need th- that that international network of, of people to to do that. So, And all generations are welcome. I really want to create that community of people who want to lead by example because progress only happens when people live and lead by example. Absolutely. Um, but it can be very difficult to do that if you don't have people around you who are living that same way. I think I read something recently. It was like, hang out with five smokers and you'll become the sixth. Hang out with five business, you know, women and you'll become the sixth. And mm-hmm. so for those who are, you know, coming off the last few years of all of this cultural movement, it can be hard to find your place and it can be hard to find your community, um, if you're not already surrounded by people who want to make a difference in not just their lives, but the people around them. So I'm specifically creating a network accelerator. We're gonna be in Marrakesh this August, August twentieth. So, micro calendars. We're going to Marrakesh, and we're going to the only black-owned and woman-owned hotel in all of Morocco, which is crazy because wow. it's in Africa. But she's the only black woman who owns a hotel oh, in Marrakesh. Wow. Her name is Marianne Loom Martin. She's one of the most. She's a, a, another person who is a friend but a mentor because she could be my yes. mother. <laughs> and yes. she is so invested in particularly young black women. Yeah, achieving their dreams and helping them get, get to that place. So she, when I told her that I wanted to create a community and I went, but I wanted to, you know, I wanted to travel and, you know, luxury lifestyle. She was like, why don't you do the retreat at my hotel?
0: Oh, that is awesome.
1: I right love that. You know, and so anytime that I need done. advice, I just done, I text her, I call her, we collaborate and I love that, you know? And so I just want to be able to create those spaces for other people. And, I went there in January. She invited me to her hotel. It was absolutely incredible. Changed my life. Now I feel like I need to learn Arabic and French because I feel like I'm going to (laughs) be a lot of time in Morocco. Yes. And I met people there who I'm going to have a relationship with for the rest of my life who are definitely going to help me in the areas that I want to go to. So if I can create that for other people, even if you meet one person on my retreat that changes your life, it'll be worth it for me.
0: Okay, well, I want to go meet one person that's going to change my life. So
1: <laughs> please so come, on, please
0: come. It on the calendar. Oh, I absolutely yes. love that, and I adore you. Oh, thank yes. you so much. I am so grateful for you. So grateful to have you here in this space, and you are uh, just going to be a blessing to the, you are a blessing to the world. So I'm looking forward to what you're going
1: to do next. So thank
0: uh, you just, Absolutely, you're out oh, here doing you. it. Yeah, thank need, you.
1: I, I mean, I don't know any other podcasts who are who's specifically having these intergenerational conversations.
0: Okay. Well, that's why I, know. I was. That,
1: yeah.
0: It came to me. It, it was, yeah. was pressing. It was on my heart. It was on my spirit. Yeah. So I'm I'm following through. I'm following yeah. through. Beautiful. And I'm looking forward to seeing where you follow through as well. Beautiful.
1: It's been great. Thank you so much. You. Talk to you soon.
0: Thank you for listening to 50. Now what? Make sure to follow us, rate and share the show. Make sure to follow me on Instagram for continuous updates at 50 Now What Podcast. That's 50 Now What Podcast. This podcast was produced by Rainbow Creative with producer Matthew Jones and producer and editor Sean Leviashvili. I love working with this team. To learn more about making a podcast for you or your business, visit them at rainbowcreative.co.